And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 57 today. Week one of the fall, yeah, the fall, 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 not fall slash winter, fall um, flag football season. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Oberge Pizza. Shout out to our sponsor, Oberge Pizza. Make sure you guys go grab some food over there. Go say what's up. Tell them you're in the league. Go say what's up to my guy, Larry, over there, my guy, Marco. Shout out to Oberge Pizza. Thank you guys again for sponsoring the league this season. Um, amazing week one. Incredible. Very excited about the league. I'm here with Brandon Kurtzman, my father, Tommy Savaro, as always. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the games this week. There were four games this week and because one team was on a bye and then the other game had to get canceled due to some complications, but we are all straight now. Um, shout out to Brandon Giles. I want to shout out to Brandon Giles and shout out to Brandon Giles' father. I do not know your name. But thank you guys for Mr. allowing Giles. Mr. Giles. Thank you guys for um, allowing us to use the Cougars field. It was awesome. It looked great, and I think everything went really well. Kurtzman, give me your overview before we hop into the games here. Um, just a few things I wanted to talk about. I think the the league as a whole went very well. Week one, there were no problems. Um, everything was going well. Everyone stayed up the field for the most part. Followed regulations as I asked them to. Um, just a couple things real quick. It's flag football. Let's not make it like tackle. Let's not lower our shoulders. Let's not um, try to tackle kids when on defense. Let's make sure we're playing within the rules of the game. Um, I told the refs last week to call it a little stricter. I'm going to continue to tell them to do that because I don't want that stuff being part of the league. It gives a better chance of potential injury and just makes the game less safe and that makes it less fun. Um, Let's stay off the field if we're not playing in the game. If you want to go to the far side of the field to warm up, I'm okay with that like the Falcons did before their game. They went to the far side out of the camera site. I want the film to be good, and this week the film was not – it wasn't bad, but – Could be better. Could be better. There were were guys on the field – stuff was being missed because people were in the box. That's another thing. You're only in the box if you are taking stats for the game, if you don't want to do it on the field, or if you are filming. Other than that, you're not in that, that upstairs box. We don't need a million people up there. It needs to be cut to four people max. Um, that's something that Giles told me after the week. He was like, listen, it's not a big deal, but let's try to keep it to four or five people up there at one time. If you're not doing something for me up there, you don't really need to be up there. Um, other than that, the four games were all mostly good competitive games everyone was making plays there were plays made all over good stat lines all over the league um i think that's really it for me that you have anything that you want to say before we get into breaking these games down no let's get right into it all right i like that um before we before we actually get into this um i wanted to to propose this question and if you are listening to this out there if if we drop sweatshirts if we did merch for bear down Who's buying sweatshirts? We'll sell them at the games. We'll, we'll do the orders. We'll do everything. I think it'll be really cool. I think it'll be a good idea. Let me know if you guys are interested in potential merch, potential sweatshirts for the upcoming fall. All right, let's go. Let's start with the 10 o'clock games. Let's go. The first game that I did on film. Also, I want to say this. Also, I want to say this. Two games, when you guys hear this, two games are already uploaded on the YouTube on the Bear Down Sports Association um, YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be putting every play of every game, or I'll say 99% of plays of every game because sometimes you'll miss a player here or there or whatever. But they'll all be on the YouTube every week. We'll try to get them up by the end of Sunday night um, every, at the conclusion of every week. So make sure you guys go subscribe to the Bear Down uh, Sports Association YouTube channel. That's such a mouthful to say, Chris. You I, are very, you are very correct in I, that. Thank you. But go su- go sub to the YouTube. And the other two games that I have not edited yet is the Ravens versus the, is no, not the Ravens, Ravens. Excuse me, the Patriots versus the Bills, and the Panthers versus the Falcons. Both of those games should be. It'll be probably be up by most of the time you guys hear the podcast, anyways. But let's start with the Dolphins against the Seahawks. And wow, it was a great game. A phenomenal start to the game. And, um, Dad, you didn't ref this one, so any I'm going to let you go first. Anything you, you saw, anything at the corner of your eye, did you, did you have anything on this one? I really have nothing. Uh, that game coincided with the game I was refing. Yeah. I just talked to a couple of guys after the game. They tried to get a feel what was going on. Um, but, again, I, I'm not going to comment because I All really right. didn't see anything. All right. I just wanted to make sure you didn't have anything. So, Kurtzman, you were doing stats for this one. This was the game that I was filming. Let's do a deep dive. First off, I'd like to issue an apology to Zach Sobieski. I told Zach Sobieski today that he was Kevin Durant. I fr- like, we all know Kevin Durant's an incredible player, one of the best players ever. We just haven't seen him play in a year. So when he gets back on the court, it's going to be like, wow, this guy Kevin Durant's actually really amazing. 
Same feeling I had for Sobs. We didn't see him play last season. I know you guys have been playing with him in the Monmouth League, so it's no shock to you. It wasn't a shock to me. The shock is, is the wrong word. I was just re-impressed. It was like a new first impression. You know what I mean? It was like I was in a coma, and then I woke up out of a coma, and now I see Sobs again for the first time, and he was absolutely incredible. Um, I want to give a huge shout-out to Cody Norton. I thought he was, like, when we do the, the Dogs of the Week segment, spoiler alert, my Dog of the Week is Cody Norton. Um, he was absolutely incredible. Dylan looked healthy and revitalized. Sean McDonald catches a bomb on, on the first uh, possession. I thought he looked good. Um, Sobes really told me, when we were talking before, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, I was actually calling plays today. It was, was kind of lit. He was telling me this after after the game and when he was up in the press box with me. But um, I thought he had a really good control of his team. I thought Ryan Mork played really well. Zach Bellheimer, I want to get this out of the way. I was telling myself I was going to make this a point to say in the podcast. Zach Bellheimer is officially in the running for sleeper of the year. And he, with that being said, I think he has the potential to be the most slept on player in the league. Every year, I feel like he's kind of um, underrated, undervalued in the draft. What, going back and watching the film, Zach Bellheimer is after the quarterback on every single play. He was in cha he was in the backfield every play. Comes with a lot of effort. And even if he gets knocked out of the play or knocked down, he gets back up and keeps it going with a really high motor. I was very impressed by everybody on that Dolphins team. And I think they're going to be an extremely dangerous team moving forward. Kurtzman, what are your thoughts on the Zach Sobieski-led Dolphins? I also have to issue an apology to Zach Sobieski and the entire Dolphins <laughs> as I picked the Seahawks to win this game. Um, Sobes came back and did what he's always done. I've seen him been playing, so I know what he's capable of doing. I see it all the time. But I didn't think his team was as good as teams in the past he's had. But... They showed that they could step up and make plays. Cody Norton was everywhere on the field. Um, Sean McDonald was making a bunch of um, over-the-top catches. I feel like he definitely impressed more in terms of difficulty of catch that he needed to make. Um, Cody Norton made a lot of guys miss and also had a lot of tackles on the day. We're trying to keep track of tackles this year. I think he had three or four. He had. He did have a few flag yeah, grabs, no. yes. Um, and about Zach, ba Zach Bilheimer, he was everywhere. Even everywhere. when he wasn't getting the quarterback's flag, he was getting someone else's flag. Um I really think he is a very slept-on player in the league, maybe because he only plays one side of the ball, but he plays that one side of the ball at a super elite level. Um, he had he had a good matchup this week for him. He's a faster guy, and he was going against a slower line for the Seahawks than most lines in the league. So I felt like he was able to take advantage of that, be in the quarterback's face a lot. I I also wanted to add this, Chris, but I'm sorry. I just yeah. I just had to pull the I had to pull the YouTube video up real quick because I knew I was forgetting a few people. Um, Matt Hughes, I know he he told you, Chris, he didn't like the way he looked on film. Yeah. I thought Matt Hughes played great, and I think Matt Hughes and having I, I love their line. I love the Matt Hughes, Morick, Bellheim. Like, I just I love the you know what I mean. I love their line. Cody Norton T was snapping uh, for that. T Cody Norton, what we said, had a phenomenal day, and TJ Angstad. TJ is just it comes out another interception this week. TJ, one of the one of the best defense players in the league, and my favorite thing about TJ and TJ, if you're listening, this easily my favorite thing about you. He, no one gives a better full-out extension dive for a ball than TJ Angstad. None. It is the, I've never seen someone literally full extension dive for the ball, even if it's a little bit out of his range. So, shout-out to TJ. I just, I wanted to add that because I definitely forgot TJ and Matt Hughes when, um, when I was talking about their team in the first place. I want to jump in here, unlike my two other co-hosts. I'm going to issue zero apologies because <laughs> I did pick Zach Sobieski to come out and win this you game. You called him LeBron. I call him LeBron. I said, anytime you got LeBron on your team, you're a threat to win. So, again, no apologies. I got it right. Uh, thank you, Zach. Uh, trust in Zach. Yeah, that was the only game that I got right this week on my picks. But, um, Kurtzman, any any final thoughts on the Dolphins before we move on to the Seahawks here? Um, they answered all my questions. They're now, in my eyes, one of the more elite teams in the league. Not that they already weren't, but I just had question marks, and they were answered in full week one. Agreed. All right, let's talk about the Seahawks here. I want to start with this. Um, I think their roster, I look at the Seahawks roster and I like their roster. I like the people on their team. I think it is a good team. You're playing the first week against Sobes, who we know is a dominant quarterback we just talked about. You had no scrimmages, and I think that's played a, a major factor. We talked about it on the preview pod that I wasn't really going to be picking teams that didn't scrimmage, and I, I thought that that really came into play here because... A little bit of unfam um, they really weren't familiar with each other early on. I thought Chase, um, I thought Chase's athleticism wise, he looked great. Like I thought he moved was moving well. He throws that bomb to Paul early. Um, I thought they were moving the ball well. 
I thought Johnny had a really good game. Paul obviously had that catch. I'd like to see Pip get a little bit more involved. And I know Joey, the Joey is not the type to really like be adamant about hey get me the ball or or anything like that because he just at the end of the day Joey just wants to win. That's his problem. But I think Joey does need to get, be a little bit more adamant. I think he needs to demand the ball a little bit more. And I do think Chase will do a better job of getting him the ball in that sec- in the next game. But I want to. But I do want to say this about their, that team. I felt like they were very fast. Like. Like the other teams that I was watching on film, Kurtzman, they weren't like they 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 huddled, and they they took their time at the line and they ran the play. Right? I felt like the Seahawks. I felt like it was rushed a little bit. And then I said I texted in the chat to the people that that we talked to in the chat. Paul and and um and Joey are both in in the the league office chat. And I said I said to them I was like you guys have might do a little bit more of a hard count. Zach Bellheimer was was basically in the backfield. He was just going off on the snap every time. The ball. Every time he was really in the backfield. I think if they add some of that in there, I know Augie had a few you know hard snap attempts in his game. I think Chase the more he plays, remember this was his first time playing quarterback in this league as well as his own captain and things of that nature. So I think he'll learn with that. But um, but the, I I think I like this roster. Emmerich had a really nice pick six. Uh, he had a few catches in the game. I, I really like their roster. I, th- I think they'll be fine moving forward. It's just tough to play Sobes in week one. Yeah, no, it definitely is tough to play Zo- Sobes in week one. And Chase being a rookie in the league, I expected more out of Chase. Honestly, I thought he was going to use his legs more. I thought he was going to look for Pip a lot more. Not saying that he wasn't looking for him, but the targets do show. Even if the guy is covered, you got to give him a chance to make a play. But shout out to Zach Sobieski. played a really good DB on Joe Pip week one. One of the better receivers in the league. Um... He needs to make quicker decisions. Chase, I felt like a lot of times was backpedaling, just kind of looking, but not really seeing the field. I like, I would like for him to use his legs more. Not a lot of guys in the league are able to match him speed for speed, step for step. So I would like for him to use his legs more, get out and run, call more run design plays, just get you out in space. Um, I think the only problem, I agree with that one hundred percent. By I, the way, that I, he needs to run more. Yeah, that was one of my I points. I think that he also it. It, it was it's tough for them because they have two guys on the line who aren't necessarily receiving threats in Justin Santiago and Steve Schaefer. They can catch the ball, but they're bare guys. They don't move as fast. If they get the ball in open space, the guys are going to be able to get to them faster than others. So I feel like as a, when a defense is playing against you, they're going to know, okay, we don't have to worry about the linemen as much. Johnny Samarco had a big game, but other than that, it's tough to it's tough only having four guys that are legitimate threats to catch the ball on the on the field instead of six, which a lot of other teams do have. So I think that's something that they need to plan around and figure out how they're gonna use that to their advantage. They have bigger guys. There's ways to use your roster to your advantage. You just need to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I was gonna say that. They do have they have they have versatility on their line because Jordan could also play line for them who we didn't say Jordan Frederick could play line. We know Johnny's playing line. Santiago and Schaefer as well. So they it's not like they're going to get blown up and be in the backfield of every play, these other teams. They're just going to run through their line. Like I don't think their line is the problem. Obviously, they might be a, limited, a little bit limited on the receiving end of it, but in terms of a blocking standpoint, from a blocking standpoint, You'd like they should get the job done. They should. But this, again, no scrimmage, first week. I'm giving them. I'm giving you a pass in the first week. I'm giving you a pass. I still look at their team and I and I like their talent on their roster. So I'm I'm not, and I'm not worried about Chase either. Like there's there was times where like we we saw quarterbacks last season and things like that. We we're like oh we we're a little bit worried. You know how competitive could a team be? But when I look at Chase, I'm like oh maybe he just had to run a little bit more. He had two interceptions down at the goal line. Like the path to success and then move like they were moving the ball fine. They just didn't convert when yeah, they got down picked. To it. They got picked three times inside inside the on goal to go situation. Yeah. So I do think that they were in the game. Just a couple big plays changed the changed the outcome by a large margin. I know it ended up only being a fourteen point loss, but they were down thirty four to eight at one yeah. point. So there was some to build on as going into next week. Um, they play against me next week, so it's gonna be another tough battle for them, obviously. But I'm not taking them lightly because of the way they played this week. Um, Chase definitely needs to get rid of the ball a little faster. Like I said, make quicker decisions with the ball. And also just get easy yards. There's a lot of ways to get easy yards in our yep. league. And I think you just kind of, when offenses, when your offense isn't moving the ball as well as it needs to be, there are a lot of ways to pick up 6 or 7, pick up 10 or 11, just running screens. Just a lot of little things that players on his team should know and should be telling him. Um, also, just a quick thing, I which I was surprised about. I've honestly never seen Chase throw like a duck where the ball like is in a perfect spiral. So I also think that this week was more of a I haven't played quarterback in nine months okay. type of thing. Because every time I used to play with him back in the day when he was playing quarterback regularly, 
not unlike me, it's a spiral every time it comes out, and it comes out hard. Today, it looked like he had a little, it, it looked like his arm was a little rusty, so I'm going to give him a pass. I'm not taking him lightly, as yep. is my team not taking him lightly come next week. All right, let's do stats on this one, and then move on to the next game here. All right, so for the Dolphins, Sobes finished 22 of 31, 250 passing yards, and five touchdowns. Did have the one interception, but it was on a conversion play. Was returned back by Emmerich, but it was a nice play, but that was his only blemish on the day. He played a phenomenal game. Dylan finished four catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns. Touchdowns. Um, Cody Norton had six catches, 79, 79 yards, one touchdown. Sean McDonald, six catches, oh, two touchdowns for Cody. Six catches, 79 yards, or 92 yards, and a touchdown for Sean McDonald. Um, Zach Billheimer had three sacks. Hughes and Mork each had a catch for them. And for the Seahawks, Chase played a subpar game, threw for 150 yards. He threw three, touchdown, uh, three touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. Uh, Paul finished three catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And Johnny Samarco finished with five catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown as well. Luigi Lupino caught the other touchdown that Chase threw. All right, uh, let's get into the next game of the day here that we had, the other 10 o'clock game. Dad, this is the one that you refed. It was the Bills versus the Patriots. Nick Suroff and Tommy Galanzi making their debuts in BDSA. Um, really, really exciting game as well. I, I caught most of this one, just the plays that I wasn't filming. You know, I, I was I had my head over and I, I was watching, and I caught the very end of the game as well. Dad, I'll let you start off. Um, which team do you want to start off with, or do you want to do a little overview of the game first? No, no, let's let's start off with the, the Patriots. I got a lot to say about this game. All right. I was eager to do this game uh, because I wanted to see the two rookie quarterbacks. Uh, we'll start with the Patriots. Um, I really liked the way Gallant threw the football. I thought he moved very well in the pocket. He was He's aware of, of defenders and, and uh, picked up on his offensive line, the blocking. Uh, like I said, laterally moved fine. Threw a gorgeous touchdown pass to Abby. Uh, I, I think he has what it takes to succeed in this league. Uh, the problems that I have, uh, obviously, with three turnovers in the game, not all his fault. I think it was one fumble snap on the center. But the other two, a fumble by him that led to uh, a touchdown. They, uh, they recovered deep in, in, um, in his end. And also threw a key interception to Q uh, when he had a man wide open. I mean, I guess he didn't see as well as I. I was looking from his point of view, and I didn't see it also. My, my point, what I really want to say is they didn't scrimmage during the, uh, no. during the preseason. That's important. And, and, I, and I know Tom's a, a college quarterback, and, and he, he's had a lot, enough live action. But here's the thing. He's not used to playing with all his linemen, linemen eligible. eligible receivers, and he's got to use that. Uh, and plus, you know, you're facing a live rush. And, and like I said, he's faced live rush before. But a little different three-man, you know, with all your receivers eligible. You got you got to have that. It's it's important to practice that live before you start the season this way. It's not thrown you know you know it's not thrown at you right away. You know when the season starts. But I did like the way he played, and I, I think that uh, he's got to use. You know I, I like to see him use Paulie a little bit more. Uh, they did have a chance to win this game at the very end. Zach Zach Stray makes a nice play on Paulie at the end to bat it down. Right. Tommy had a really good a really good opportunity to win the game. And I don't really want to talk about it on here because I spoke to both of them about it privately already. But if Abby and Tommy don't get into that little rift and Abby's on the field at the end of the game, I like their chances a lot in that one. The, the first thing, I towards the end of the game, I look to the sidelines and see Abby's sitting there and I'm going, Abby, this is, you need to be in this game to win this game. You shouldn't be on the sideline. You know, again, that's something that was unfortunate and happened and I hope they can get over it. Um, I'd like to see... I'd like to see I like to see him use his number. I like to see every team use their number ones, and yeah. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more later on. Also, um, and at the end of the game, uh, talking to his receivers, they felt that he might have held on. That Tommy might have held on to the ball a little bit too long. But again, that that comes with with practice and repetition. Yeah, and then they'll get the timing down. I I think this team will be all right moving forward. Carson, yeah, I'm, so I'm not done with the other side of the team. No, no, I was gonna give you. I want right. to talk about them, and then we'll, I'll give you the bills after. Yeah, no. All right, so I watched the film of this game. I didn't really get to watch any of it live, but I watched every play. Um, I have similar sentiments as Tommy. I think that he Galante moved very well in the pocket. I felt like he was very observant, knew when the rush was coming. I too believe that he needs to use his linemen more. He's not used to that type of setup, but there were key plays in the game where I felt like his linemen were wide open on the other side of the field. He has a strong enough arm to make those throws. 
he just needs to kind of get aware that that is a thing that you can do in this league. You can throw to all of your linemen. Uh, he's going to get better as season goes on. I hope that Abby is continuing to play with him going forward because they can be, be very good together in this league. I like his receivers also with Paulie and uh, Jeff Kodros and Giuseppe. Giuseppe had a big game. Giuseppe had two touchdowns called back on back-to-back -back plays. One, he was just a little bit, the, the throw let him a little bit out of both throws, let him a little too far out of bounds where if those throws are a little bit in, there's a two two possible touchdowns on back-to-back -back plays. So I like him as a little slot receiver. I thought they did very good also, Galante, in the amount of times where the defense was paying like seven yards back. He yeah. just caught the snap, looked, and threw three yards downfield. The receiver picks up seven or eight more of his legs. That's what I'm trying to say with the very easy yards in the league that you can get with the short completions to receivers and letting them do more of the work for you. Yeah. Let your let your let your guys do the work for you on the field. Um other than that, I was very pleased with the Patriots. I hope that Christian shows up next week for them. I hope that Kevin Christie shows up next week for them. They will have more depth on the line as well as more receivers to throw to. I also want to say this, and we're going to talk about the Bills right now, but I think Jake Kodro stepping in and playing a lot of offensive line and defensive line against that team, it gives them a lot of versatility because Jake's a big kid who could go and play outside wide receiver, but if you need him to play and play offensive line like he had a battle in this game and do, because that Bills defensive line, which we're going to talk about right now, was very good. I think they have a lot of versatility. Tommy, like you said, first game. He's got to get used to the rules of the league. you got to get acclimated. But we had a moment, Chris, when we looked at each other. When you were on the field, I was in the press box, and we were like, we gave each other a thumbs up with Tommy because we are very confident in his ability. I see Tommy as a quarterback in this league for a long time. I was very, very happy with the way that he looked. And I know, like we said, first week, everybody, it's going to look like this. It's going to be a little it sloppy. It might work, look like that for a few weeks. It doesn't yeah, happen yeah. overnight. No. Teams aren't having practices like in the NFL every day. So you might only be getting out there once a week, and it, it takes time to develop if you're not getting practice and have scrimmages. Just, in. It, in five weeks from now, go back and look at the first week scrimmage. It'll be a completely different team. And, and hopefully he gets his snaps down. A couple of bad snaps. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'll, that'll improve his week. Also, one thing I wanted to say about Jay Kodros coming, stepping in, saying, I got to go play line for my team right now. That's just something that everyone in the league got to have that mentality. If yeah. Next man up, if you need someone to come and play line don't be that kid on that team that's like i'm not playing line like you gotta line do, is lit you, you gotta do what line. you gotta do to win the game and plus i know quarterbacks are always looking for the linemen so you're and you're always open so yeah. that's all i gotta say about that step up for your team if they need you to play line because you can end up making plays i'm off of the line all right dad let's 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 get into the bills here right. let's talk first off talk about sir off rookie quarterback how did he look to you all right uh, i've said it before i'll say it again uh, the ball Coming out of his hand is, is a pretty thing to watch. He throws tight spirals. Love the way he throws the ball. He's got a great arm. Um, there were a couple of times where he just, you know, stepped back and fired deep, and it's incredible. He's got, like I said, great arm. Great head for the game, too. My problem is I'd like to see him move the ball, work the ball a little bit more instead of just trying to, you know, grab chunks. Right. Uh, it's not a home run ball all the time. And you got you got the players on your team to do so. I, I think in the first drive, there was a, a third and 24. He throws a simple, like, seven or eight-yard, uh, you know, hitch to uh, to Q, and Q picks up the first down. Yeah. You get a guy like Q on your team, He's if he's your number one pick, use him like that. He can get the ball in open space. He can make things happen for your team. That's how I like to see him work the ball a little more. I, that was my problem with him. Uh, I, I, other than that, I, I, thought, I thought he played well. I, you know, limited the turnovers. And, and he's got to make the easy throws. I'm very confident he could do that. He's a, he's a good quarterback, a good addition to this league. I just like to see him work the ball a little bit more. All right, what about the, the rest of the Bills? I'll go to you after, Kurtzman. What about the, the rest of the team? Talk about Misha. Talk about... Misha was an animal. I mean, if you, if you look at the end of the game, look at everyone's jersey. This kid's jersey was soaking wet. And not because it rained a little bit. This kid, on every play, was after it. Yeah. Every play. Moda did not stop. He was in the backfield the whole game. He was on top of Tommy the whole game. Uh, the guy, to me, he was the MVP of that game. Uh, fantastic, fantastic player. Then you got Zach. Zach, who does not shut up for a second. And he played. He bowled out, Zach. Yeah, he, he was did. playing good on defense. He, he did. He did. Uh, Abby caught a touchdown over him. And, and no, no, no fault to Zach. Zach, you know, before the play goes, he was tired. He was winded. He wanted to come out. And they said, no, you got to go to Abby. So he went back in there and gave yeah. him the touchdown. But uh, at the end of the game, Zach was right there on two consecutive balls in the end zone and knocked him down. He so. was there. Yeah, no, he's a player. But the, the thing is, like, uh, even Abby was saying the end of the game, you can't let Zach get into your head. He's going to talk to you the whole game. And that's his game. His game is to get inside your head, and that's what he does. Yeah. Probably better than anybody. I also wanted to shout out Jake Coburn, who was late addition to the league, came 
and added to that defensive line. You're talking about Misha, Coburn, and Suroff himself on that defensive line. I think when we talk about the best lines in the league, Chris, when we talk about your team, we talk about the Cardinals, and who we're going to talk about in a little bit here. And we talk, we have to start talking about the Bills because sure. that is a, a scary big three on that defensive line. No, for sure. Um, I think that their defensive line slash offensive line, when fully healthy in there, can match up with anyone's. I think that they're super athletic on the outsides with Prem, Q, and Zach Shray, who all had good games. Prem scored the first touchdown, made a nice move in between two defenders, and got all the way to the house. Um, I think that Suroff played very well, but I think you noted what needed to be changed he needs to just make the easy throw make sure you're completing the easy throw and i don't know if this is just his play style how he looks when he throws the ball but almost looks like throwing a lot of them nonchalant trying to make it look a little prettier than it is not saying that you do that or not it might just be the way you the ball comes out of your hand but um i saw a lot of opportunities to have play big plays made and i could see them capitalizing on them as the season goes on your dad said john misha being the player of the game he is 1000 percent the player of the game Five sacks, three touchdowns on three ca all catches ended in touchdowns. He had one crazy one where Zach tipped it up to him. He makes catch and run for the touchdown, but he was a monster on the field. When I was watching the film, I was watching him just on a lot of plays to see what he was doing. He, it's a mismatch. He, his size yeah. and athleticism combination is not like everyone's in the league. It's an elite. It's at an elite level for flag football, and I expected this, but I didn't necessarily expect five sacks in week one. Um, I like their team. I think that Q is yeah. one of those number ones that you might not like. You might not get a lot of targets, but when he does get targeted, he does get the ball. He makes plays happen. He makes guys miss. He's very shifty with the ball in his hands. I liked the way Q looked a lot, and I like how he went for him a lot. And like you said, I think that um, you got to get him the ball maybe even a little bit shorter and in space. And I know Q, because he can make people miss, like you just said, Kersman. He can get out and be electric in the open field. Um, to Just to, to continue what you were saying there, uh, there was a lot of just easy ones. It's like, you know, just, you know, throws that he could make. He probably just missed rainy day, whatever the conditions may be. I think he'll make those going forward. Um, I just, I, I want to give Zach Shirey his props. I want to give him his credit because he made big plays at the end of the game defensively. We've talked, both of you have talked about Misha already. Um, big shout out to Jay Coburn again for joining the league and being, you know, already an impact player on that team. I like this Bills team moving forward. I think they're going to be very competitive every single week. And um, I think Suroff only gets better at quarterback as the season goes on as he gains more chemistry with, with, uh, with a lot of his guys. Yeah, no, um, I'm very impressed by their offensive line play. I thought they played pretty well. Um, Amir, Mike DeRose, Misha, um, I'm not sure who snapped for them. Jay Coburn snapped for them. So, no, props to them. Props to Suroff. For I forgot Mike DeRose win. as well, yeah. man. I know he had a few catches. He had a catch on, a, uh, he had a, a catch on the game-winning drive by yeah. the Bills. Uh, um, no, I'm I'm happy to see one. Obviously, one of them is going to get a first a first week win to open their careers in the league. But I'm excited for both of them going forward. All right, let's do stats on this one, and then we'll get into the next game: the Cardinals versus the Ravens. Yep. Suroff finished nine to twenty two, 118 yards. He threw three touch uh, four touchdowns, had one interception by Tommy Glante. Um, John Misha finished with three catches, 30 yards, three touchdowns, also had five sacks. Prem had two catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Zach had the two big pass breakups at the end of the game. And um, Amir had a catch. I know Amir had a catch. Mike Throws had a catch. And overall, and Q had three catches for 37 yards for the Bills and for the Patriots. Galante for the Patriots finished with 178 yards, threw three touchdowns, also threw an interception to Q, I believe. Um, also fumbled the ball twice. That ended up being a big part of the game, but he's going to clean that stuff up, rain, whatever it was. Um, Abby came in, caught three balls and a touchdown. Too bad he didn't get to finish up the game. Would have loved to see what that stat line could have looked like. Uh, Jay Kodra scored a touchdown, and Giuseppe Capasso finished with five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown also. So he had a good first game in the league as well. All right, uh, let's move on to the Ravens versus the Cardinals here. Uh, Dad, you did not rep this one, but you definitely got to watch the game. You got to catch I the second half. I caught the second half of the game, yes, I All did. right, so you could comment on this one as well. Um, I'll start off here, Kurtzman. Uh, let's start off with the uh, let's start off with the winning team. Let's go with the Cardinals. So Joe Piscopo had everyone fooled. We had no clue what was happening, if he was playing quarterback or not. First play of the game, Kramer's in at quarterback. Madness. Joe comes in, looks a little hobbled. But in my opinion, played his best game at quarterback in our league. In our league so far, I thought Joe. Let, let, and let's let me say this about Joe. Joe was very excited to draft. We've talked about that. He knew exactly what he wanted to do with his guys. I thought he was very prepared. I can make an argument 
he was the most prepared quarterback with the best game plan coming into week one, and that's why I love Joe. Came out with a lot of passion. Ed Zalek early and often. Um, Tompkins, Douglas, their line was phenomenal on both sides. On, on defense, they got after Rob on every play. I was watching the film. They got after him on every single play. They were in the backfield. I thought they were a really aggressive team. Like I just said, they played with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and that's, that comes from Joe. I thought, you know, Joe has a few guys who, who I didn't know in the league. Um, Mike Musi, I know he played in, in the league last season. He was great. Tyler Angel um, played. Did, I don't know if he played. In, I don't think he played in the league last time, right? He didn't play in the league last time. Joe makes a trade for him. One of his boys gets him on his team. He's in. Um, who was the other? He had a conversion. James I don't know. Williams. His, James Williams came in. He's another one with a lot of energy. Came in, caught one. Played for, center for him. Yeah, came in, was snapping, and he had a conversion for them as well. I thought the Tompkins-Piscopo connection was great. I thought Nick Tompkins looked really fast. Like, I think he's, like, in great shape right now, yeah. and he looked really looked fast. Looked lighter than he was yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, he looked lighter, and he looked really good on the field. So, um, I was very, very impressed with the Cardinals, Kurtzman. Yeah, no, I was too, and I came away thinking that they're going to be the most prepared team every week. Mm. Um, Joe knows what he wants to do with the ball. It looked like... On every play, he really knew what the defense was going to happen, what was going to happen on the play, and he adjusted very well. Um, he moved much better than I thought he was going to move. I expected him to be much more hobbled than he was. I know I saw I saw him get hurt about a month and a half ago. Um, he was definitely definitely wrapped that knee up nicely to play. Um, he made some big runs when he had to. Made some guys miss in the backfield when he had to, and he was throwing dimes. Dimes. Every ball was where exactly where it needed to be, where only his receiver could go up and make a play on it. Multiple times, Ed Zalek on the sideline, stretch, outstretched arms, makes a nice catch. He caught two touchdowns in the game. Um, I thought Joe Ivanek played a very good game at corner and safety for the Cardinals. Um, oh, I forgot Joe. I'm yeah, sorry. Had a nice interception. Absolutely. Um, of course, Joe, Joe Ivanek, another one with an interception every week. Yeah. Um, I really like their offensive line on both sides of the ball Tompkins, Douglas, and Musi, and the top three round picks. No one kind of, no one really batted their, batted their eyes at it during the draft. But now you see it on the field in week one, and you're like, that's going to be a problem for every single team that they play. There's not many offensive lines in the league that are going to be able to stop them consistently, if anyone even is going to be able to. Um, I believe that the Cardinals have jumped in a lot of people's eyes in this league. I'm not sure where people had them ranked going into the season, but I imagine that wherever you had them ranked, you now have them higher ranked than you did after this week, and that is something to tip your cap to. Shame on everybody for passing up Nick Douglas in the draft as well. Yeah. Dad, uh, what did you think of, of the Cardinals team led by Joe Piscopo here? Okay. Like I said, I saw the second half, and what I saw from Joe was just like you guys said, you know, he knew how to work the field. He I, he used his linemen to perfection. Yeah. Excellent. He knew exactly when they to when their release was, when to get them the ball. He knew when to go downfield. The, the the play calling was excellent. Like you said, best game I've ever seen Joe play at quarterback. And Joe's Joe's an athlete. Uh, loved the defensive line. And, and let me tell you something. Uh, Douglas is going to make every team pay for passing him up in the first round, and he said so. I mean, he was playing with a you know with a chip on his shoulder. He made a was it a pick six? Yes, he, he had, had a pick, pick six. six. Yes, he did. And, and where he started the rush, just dropped back, just went up, caught the ball, and ran it in. And after that, he's going second round pick, second round pick. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. I knew, and he's going to make every team pay for that. Um, one thing I want to say about Douglas: it's hard to imagine that a defensive player of the year who dominated the league last season has a chip on his shoulder. So I'm not saying that he's going to come out and do what he did last year, but if he did, no one is shocked. And if he does more than what ne he did last ne listen, year. Listen, never no mind, shocked, never no mind defensive shocked. play. He could have very well been MVP of this league. Very never well. mind, just defensive player. Uh, talking to Rob LeConte after the game, and he goes, yeah, that line is tenacious, but the, the, the guy that got him the most was Musi. He goes, every play, he would push his lineman back into Rob's face. He goes, that's the guy. That, that makes that line what it is. It didn't help either for Rob that he yeah, lost John Harnish about, the about three. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I'll, I'll get it to the Ravens right here. Then. Right. Um, I think it sucked for Rob that he lost Harnish about three or four plays yeah. into the game. Huge that was, loss, that yeah. was rough. No, like, that's that's something that if that doesn't happen, I'm not saying that changes the outcome of the game, but it definitely gives Rob more time in the pocket. Harnish has transformed himself into more of a block-first lineman, and I think he accepts that role knowing that if the ball is thrown to him, he can go out and make a play for his team, and Rob knows that. Um... I think that Rob played pretty well. I think he would tell you he played didn't play well, but this game was a game of runs. 12-0 Cardinals, 12-12. Then the Cardinals went on a three-score run and kind of put them away. But Rob also, I told Rob this day, I was on the phone with him, um, 
he I admire him because he always fights to the last the last uh second on the clock. His team was down uh 20 19 points. 19 points with four and a half minutes to go. And if he converts one more onside kick, he has a chance to win the game. He actually converted his first onside kick of the, of the year for the league as well as his own team a couple minutes earlier. Yeah. And I felt that if his team, A, hadn't gotten two injuries during the game and B, um, could have just played a little better in the middle portion of the game, middle beginning and middle of the second half, they could have been in a position to win this game. I love Rob's heart. I still love Rob's team. I think he needs to throw the ball to Liam more. He needs to throw the ball to Spo more. They need to have the most targets on his team by far, not his offensive lineman. I think it was really tough for Rob because that, like we, we talked about how good that Cardinals defensive line was. John Harnish is one of the better offensive linemen in the league. He's one of the bigger bodies. He's played football in the past. He knows how to play. And he's been on a winning team in the league, Kurtz, when he was on your Browns team. Like, he knows how to play. And him, you know, he gets banged up a little bit early in the game. He misses the rest of the game. That was an absolutely huge loss to them. I talked to Spo after the game, and he asked me what I thought, you know, the biggest issue with their team was. And I think it was, without a question, the fact that they really couldn't hold up their line. And going back and watching the film again... Rob really had no time to throw, and it was a lot, and it was very tough on him. And I don't think it will be like that because I like his line. I like Pete on the line. I like Harnish on the line. Like I think they they'll be fine moving forward. They just need to be healthy. When you can move Spo outside with Liam, it's it, those are two number one wide receivers. Corners in this league, it's not going to be easy to match up with them on the outside. So I think if Rob could, you know, in his line could buy him some time, then you add in Pete, who's one of probably one of two best offensive linemen catch like you receiving know re- wise, receiving yes. wise in the league along probably with Johnny um and and Douglas you could throw him in there as well but um seriously they I think there would be a, a huge problem on the outside with Spo and Liam if they could just buy Rob some time back there that was really my my biggest takeaway from from that team if you have anything else to add here. No I just want to add I think Rob knows this too he'll watch the film and he'll see it I think he also just like Chase needs to make quicker decisions with the football I feel like a lot of times he was uh, double thinking, double clutching, um, saw the rush coming, had to make a move. I, w- I would like for him to have a lot more design plays, get the ball out of his hands quicker. Know that know that the play is being called. I'm throwing the ball out of my hands quick. I don't have to worry about the rush because it's not going to get to me in time. And I think that's something that a lot of quarterbacks need to do. Get the ball out of your hands quick. Let your guys make plays for you. Um, I would like to see some more design plays for Spo off of the line when they had to put him on the line, but it was week one. Your head's going. You don't. Ne- you're not necessarily in the best groove, especially when you go down 31-12, lose a couple players. I'm not worried about the Ravens. I think they just had a week, a tough matchup um, roster-wise. Week one, coupled with some injuries, I'm very impressed with the Cardinals. I don't want to act like I'm downplaying how well they Absolutely. played. They played phenomenally. They deserve to win this football game, and they did so. But I think that the Ravens could have played better. Agreed. Uh, Kurtzman, Dad, you have anything else on, on this game here? Yeah, um, I'm not going to pass judgment on Rob. He was under the rest the whole day. This so. game is more about the Cardinals playing great than it is the Ravens. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And, and yes. again, I don't worry about the Ravens. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, hopefully they get everyone back healthy. Harnish is a big part of that team, uh, a big part of that line. Uh, I think he could have made a difference if he was in there. So let's hope he gets back healthy. No, Cardinals had a good win. I'm very impressed by them. Give me stats on this one, Kurtzman. Uh, Episcopal, great game. 17 and 27, 197 yards, four touchdowns. Threw one interception. We made a great play by Liam Knowles, who I did not, we didn't get to really mention. Um, Liam Knowles, th- you yeah. know, yeah. Liam Knowles played a great game. Back to stats. Uh, Tompkins had two catches, scored a touchdown. Um, Ed Zalek, five catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns. Nick Douglas had a big pick six, um, which in a, on a possession where Rob could have made this more of a game with more time to go. So that was a big play in the game. And for the. Ravens, Rob threw for 110 yards, also ran for 35. He threw to Liam Knowles, two touchdowns, only two catches on the game. I'd like to see him get more targets. Spo had three catches for 37 yards. Tommy Torrey had a few big catches. Mahmoud had a catch or two. Um, he used Mahmoud a lot, and I was happy to see Mahmoud get a bigger role in week one. Pete had a, a couple big catches off the line when they were making their comeback. Um... And that's really it for the Ravens. All right. Um, let's go into the last game of the day here. Panthers. Versus Falcons. Versus the Falcons. Anthony Mabel versus Ollie Garbolato, quarterback-led teams. Uh, let's start with the winning team here. Let's keep up that theme. Let's start with IB and the Falcons. Uh, I'll start by saying uh, I picked against IB because I was, I'm was i making my case for Augie MVP. 
And I thought Augie with an undermanned team, you know, guys being out, guys getting new jobs and not being able to play. Nick King, very devastating that Nick won't be in the league. We love Nick. Wish he could play, but congratulations on getting a new job, buddy. Uh, um, Augie, I mean, not Augie. I'd be, though, I'd be in the Falcons. Um, he just looked as sharp as ever. Every time we see him play, we know what he's about, making people miss everywhere. Um, I wanted to throw out this as well. I think Dean Wiertrowski is phenomenal off the line in terms of being one of the better receiving linemen in the league. I think IB has a lot of trust in him, and I, and I like the way he plays with uh, with IB. Um, Justin was kind of quiet, but that's because, you know, Connor and Justin, that's the matchup. Connor, you know, Connor had a, a good game too, but Justin obviously scores a touchdown because that's what he's going to do. He's going to get in the end zone. He's going to make plays for your team. Kurtzman, you said it to me. You made, you made it a point. You said uh, Justin's going to lead the league in tackles and flag grabs. Uh, you go, Justin is, is the best person you know. I, th- I think you said him and True are probably the two best at grabbing people's flags. And, um, and you know, that was on full display again in, the, in week one. I think you look at Jack Starner, you look at Johnny Mack. Jack Starner went deep, caught a bomb. Johnny Mack was all over the field. Uh, I think that team offensively is a powerhouse. I know up front they got two young boys, but they're big boys, Dean and Kevin. You know, they're, they're, they're young, but they're big boys, and they, they can get out there and they can block. And IB, he only needs, a, you know, a few seconds out there. But between Johnny Mack, um, Jack Starner, Justin, they're going to be extremely hard to stop every single week, and especially on any play like you've seen. All it takes is one play, and Jack can take you down the field and score, or really any of the three can take you downfield and score. It just happens to be Jack with the long ball. I thought they looked phenomenal. IB in prime MVP form. Nothing new. No, no surprise in this one. Yeah, no. IB came to play. He looked like he had a full game plan ready to go. Everyone knew the game plan going in. And I, he was probably the most prepared team coming in this week other than the Cardinals with Joe Piscopo. Um, IB, I saw a lot of tendencies that he, the way he was calling plays. I liked the way he was calling plays. I thought he put himself in good position to make plays. And like you said, CJ, I just think that each week, a different guy on his team is going to make the big plays and go off. Uh, this week happened to be Jack with the big touchdown catch. You saw Dean had two off the line. Giant Mack had a couple speed uh, end arounds. He also caught a couple balls down the field as well. I think I'd be just going to get to the line, look at where he thinks he has his best matchup, and he's just going to make plays that way. Um, he had a, a, he he ran most the most of any quarterback in the league this week, which I thought was very um, odd. I expected a lot more quarterbacks to run at a higher rate and probably a higher efficiency as well than they did but that could be me maybe the flag grabbing was very good but other than that going back to justin real quick i said he is one of the best flag grabbers in the league if not the best and that's why he's so valuable he only had two catches in the game you didn't really feel his presence presence on offense but he finds other ways to make his presence felt he had a couple of pass breakups in the end zone he had uh, five or six tackles on defense as well i think that he's the kid that week to week we are going to be saying regardless of his stats we're going to know that he was playing and that his presence was felt on the field and i think that is something that your number one pick should be able to do and has to do for you if he's not having his best game offensively you got to find other ways to make plays dad uh, no one uses the field uh, better than ib does uh broken plays are, are his business uh, once he gets outside the pocket, anything goes. He could run. He could throw a five-yard pass, a 15-yard pass. He could throw deep in the end zone. The kid can throw it at any angle. He's phenomenal. Uh, that's all I have to say about this. All right. Um, let's do uh, Augie's team. Let's do the Panthers. Like I said, they were a little undermanned, but all in all, I thought it was a spectacular performance. I thought they really battled this one. When we were at the field, I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit of a blowout when I got the news that Nick King wasn't going to play. Of course, Zach Sheray steps up and subs for them and helps them out a little bit. But I thought Connor looked phenomenal. I thought um, on the line, I thought Augie's line looked pretty good. You know, bat on the line for Desco snapping the ball the entire game. Bob Torino. Like, I, I liked what they did um, And in, in terms of, you know, obviously Augie's receivers. Uh, I thought the game kind of came down to, I thought Augie was sharp for most of the game. We know Augie's deep ball is going to be there. Threw one to Connor, had a few to Connor. But um, the, the, what, came, what came down to it was that, that fourth down where he just overthrows Matt a little bit, tiny bit. Maybe that route was a little bit off. But um, I'm not blaming Matt on that at all. i just been saying the timing of the route was a little off. But uh, that, that was kind of the turning point because when they don't convert that, IB then gets the ball, scores before half, and then gets the ball again to start the second half. So uh, I thought maybe that, that could have been a little bit of a turning point in the game right there would have prevented two consecutive scores the way, you know, obviously the way that it happened and the way it unfolded. But all in all, I thought Augie was good. 
Uh, all he led the league in rushing yards this week with only 54 rushing yards, which is kind of low for our league. Yes. And I think Augie will even ramp up the running even a little bit more. But, um, oh, no, I, I like their team, and I'm not worried about them. Nick Zalek was there. I, I would like to see him get Nick involved a little bit more. I would like to see him use Nick, and I, me and Augie will talk about this, and I think he knows this a little bit. I, I want to see him with some opportunities to jump up and go get the ball against some kids. You know, when a smaller defender on him, maybe give him a little basketball box out uh, kind of a thing. You know, po- a post up, if you will. You know, maybe on like even a little hour when you get closer in the red zone. But it, when you get in that red zone, you have Connor, you have Nick Zalek, and you also have um, Matt off the line. I think they have a, they're a really good team. I'm not worried about them at all. I think they kept it a lot closer than I thought it would be. And when you have Augie in your team, you have a chance to win every single game. Um, I think that they made just a few plays really turn this game the way that it did. Um, but those are the plays you have to hit if you're going to beat someone as good as IB. You can't give IB extra chances. Um, I was very I was very I like their defense. They had them at fourth and goal in the one. Um, on one possession, they actually made IB's team punt on another possession, had them actually also got a turnover on downs on another possession. So I really think that their defense was there, and if a few plays maybe go their way, they have a chance to actually win this game, even though they were undermanned. Um, I really liked Matt off the back, uh, Matt out of the backfield. Um, I'm sorry, off the yeah, line. Yeah, off the line. Um, he had four catches, not a lot of yards, but he scored a touchdown as well. I did like that he was able to get Matt involved. Matt is a better receiving uh, threat off the line than he's been made out to be in the last couple of years, in my opinion. I think we'll see a lot of Matt receiving I think, this season. I believe so also. And I'm, we're gonna listen, we're gonna see a lot of Connor Romano. I think until Nick Zalek kind of proves himself to Augie that he can make big plays for him. He had two big plays. He had two big plays for him later in the game over the middle. Um, Augie said he liked that Nick Zalek was very vocal in the, in the huddle. If he said he saw something, he let him know. So I think that's something good to build on for next week. Um, I like Joy Noya's speed rushing off the edge. He wasn't able to get IB. Only Rob Torino was able to sack IB this week. Um, I was a little wor- not worried, but I was a little possible. There was a possible thought that IB could possibly go a whole season without getting sacked. That ends in week one. Um, but overall, I don't, I'm not worried about Augie's team, but at the same time, they need to A, find someone to replace Nick King for the season, which we are currently working on, and B, Augie needs to get um, more fine-tuned get into midseason form. Missed a couple of throws. Um, IB, IB has been throwing all summer long, so when he doesn't miss any throws during the games, I'm not surprised. Augie will easily get back into it in the coming weeks. He'll be elite. He'll be back at his elite level by week four, throwing the ball by week four, week five-ish range, probably. I also wanted to say, I thought Liam Riley had a good game as well. I thought he was getting open, and you know he had a few chances, few plays, a few nice catches there. My only critique would be, um, he had two false starts. And you can when you're when Augie, you know, you have to be especially first week, you know, oh, I, I'm giving too. it at the goal line. You got to be solid there. You can't be making mistakes. So um, I, I thought, you know, like you said, Kurtzman, undermanned a little bit. I thought they played really well. I'm not worried at all about the Panthers moving forward. Kurtzman, give me the stats. Oh, Dad, again. Sorry, yeah, my fault. I was at this game. Remember? Sorry, my fault. Okay. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to say the same things that I'm not worried about. Augie's one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. My problem is when he plays the elite teams, he's got to be able to keep up uh, offensively. When you're playing an IB, you got to be prepared to to match him score for score. You got to be prepared to put points on the board. If he doesn't have that firepower, that's going to hurt him. Uh, when when he plays the teams with the good lines, he's going to have to find ways to move the ball downfield. I have no doubt that he's going to be able to do it, but they're going to have to get that game plan together. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that Augie would tell you that he doesn't think he played very well in week one, and that's not like it's not a bad thing in week one to not play your best game of the season. Not everyone's in midseason form yet. People will be in midseason form. I can't wait until we are in like week five, week six. Every team is at like their like they're not their peak necessarily, but they've grown towards something a lot better. Yeah, they've hit major strides by then and I'm excited to see every team going forward. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about any of the teams that didn't play. There will be two doubleheaders. Ne- there will be doubleheaders next week for the teams that didn't play this week, as well as my team will be seeing its first action of the week, of the season. All right, let's do stats on this one, and then we'll do dogs of the week and get out of here. All right, so for Augie, he finished 14-22, 150 yards throwing. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 160 yards throwing. He threw three touchdowns, also had 54 yards rushing. Um, Connor had five catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Matt had four catches, 10 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, Verdesco also caught a touchdown for Augie. 
Um, Rob Torino had the only sack for his team. For IB, he was a he, IB really um, methodical game. I'd say the stats won't overwhelm you, but he got the job done. Nine of fifteen, hundred forty-eight yards. Um, Four touchdowns, two to Dean Wiatrowski, one to Jack Starner, one to Justin Ferrara. Justin led the league, I think, with six tackles or five tackles in week one. Um, that was Jack's only uh, – Jack had another catch in the game. Giant McLeave had a, the t- two rushing attempts for 22 yards, also had a couple catches. And overall, they played really well on defense and on the offensive end. Um, I think they're the best team in the league going forward right now. Okay. Um, let's do Dogs of the Week. Dogs of the Week is, for those who don't know, is designed to, um, you know, speak on the people that we usually don't speak on. Like, talk about the guys who are in the trenches, making the good plays on defense, doing all the little things. Uh, we're going to pick one one guy each from, from each game. It could be winning or losing team. Doesn't really matter. I'll start. We'll go back to the Rapid first. Rapid fire. Yeah, we'll, one sentence about why you picking them. We'll go first game, first game of the day. Uh, first game, I'm going to take uh, Cody Norton uh, in, this, in this game between the Dolphins and the Seahawks. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal, like you said, Christmas, snapping the ball the whole day in these conditions, going off the line, making a lot of plays, grabbing some flags. I thought he had a phenomenal game, and he'll be my dog of the week for that game. Yeah, I had, there's no disagreement here. I think he had the most heart in this game. He was making plays. He was making guys miss, and he had a very good debut in his first game. Okay. All right, Dad, give me the Bills-Patriots dog of the week. I'm going to go with uh, John Misha, uh, the guy's motor was running 100% of the game. Did not take a playoff. Uh, he was in the backfield the whole game, and he was relentless. Okay, I don't think there's any disagreeing there. His stat line speaks for itself. Kurtzman, give me the dog of the week in the next game here in Ravens-Cardinals. Third round pick, Mike Musi. I thought he was super impressive in this game, in the backfield, in Rob's face on every play, and I feel like he was just very, he knew where he needed to be, knew what his role was, and he was able to make a lot of plays. I'm pretty sure he had a sack or two as well. So, uh, shout out Mike Musi. You had a great week one for your team. And for the last game, the Falcons versus the Panthers, um, we all just decided that we were going to give it to Dean Wiatrowski. I thought he was super scrappy. You know, we talked about how that, um, that Falcons team might be a little bit undermanned on the offensive line. Didn't look like it showed in the first week. I thought Dean was really good. And like you said, that comes out and makes catches. Comes out and makes plays. I'd be trust him. I thought he had a really good week, and he's a little bit underrated in this yeah, league. Yeah, I also thought he had a key block on the fourth down uh, run by IB, running touchdown by IB that uh, – propelled them to this victory. So Dean, Dean subbed in the last half of, of last uh, season the, yeah. and played excellent for any team he played for last yep. year. So this comes as no surprise to me. Nope, for sure. But he's definitely the dog of the week for week one for the Falcons-Panthers game. Does that uh, wrap us up here? That pretty much wraps us up for the week. Um, we're, we're really excited. We'll be back for the week two preview as well. If you made it this far on the podcast, make sure you guys subscribe on all platforms. Go subscribe to the YouTube as well. Dad, you had one thing you wanted to say before we got out of here? Yeah, I like to see teams use their number ones a little bit more. And you pick these guys number one for a reason. They're playmakers. Get the ball to these guys. It'll make a difference on your team. Right, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the preview coming up later this week. Six games this week coming up. So Wow, 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 wow. We will catch you guys on the preview pod. Peace.